Galaxy Lights, Coachella, Lightning Bolt Necklaces. 2023 was the year of Scandaval. On March 3rd, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandaval. One retrospective story told in three salacious parts. Listen December 26th on the Ringer Reality Feed. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by USAA Homeowners Insurance. USAA has homeowners insurance that could lead the league in assists. Serving our military veterans and their eligible family members, USAA delivers award-winning service and peace of mind. And if you file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Monday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Bomber. do you recognize something over my right shoulder right now? What do you see? Oh, it is a Rudy Gobert signed jersey that is personalized to you, Kevin O'Connor. I have seen the jersey in person before. Oh my god! We well, saw it. In, we saw it in person. Well, I saw a picture of it. Hey, it's on my Instagram story. It says, "From the best defender of our generation to Kevin, signed Rudy Gobert between his number two and seven twenty-seven. Rudy Gobert, it's a white Timberwolves jersey, hanging." And and let me just say, I did not see it on your Instagram story. I saw it. The Timberwolves showed me before they sent oh, it to they you. They did really. I did. <laughs> I, I and I did not spoil it. But I threw up everywhere when they showed me. <laughs> oh man, are you you wear the socks yet? Of course not. I've sent them to Haiti. <laughs> All right, look, there's a bunch of stuff to get to. This has been a very busy night in the NBA. As we are recording, Denver and Dallas are playing against each other. Luka's going crazy once again, uh, but he's kind of by himself uh, against the Denver Nuggets tonight. But anyways, of the games that did take place, some things that have been worth mentioning. Um, 
The 76ers lost to the Bulls, and I just want to highlight two performances that we've had. We had Embiid, who went for 40-14-6. It's his fourth 40th 40-point game this month, and he's had 12 straight of 30 or more. And they had him go for 40. They had Maxi go for 29. Paul Reed had eight, and no one else had more than six. And that's kind of how it added up to a loss. Um, on the other side, Kobe White has oh. sneaky become fantastic. Uh, 24-8, nine assists. He's averaging 25-7-6 over his last eight games. He and has 26 been, for the whole month. I mean, yeah, like it great. extends. Yeah. And, and so all this talk about, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and what they're going to do with their future and, uh, and and trade rumors, et cetera. Meanwhile, they've got this guy that is like really become a player this season in Kobe White, which is interesting. And that contract looks better and better. You know, that, that team has made a million mistakes in building out their roster. That's not one of them. That's for sure. I saw my buddy uh, John Hollinger tweeting about it. That's not one of their mistakes of all the things that they that have gone wrong uh, and trying to build that thing out. Uh, paying Kobe White certainly does not fall in the bad column. And for, for that contract, he'll be making $11 million this year, $12 million next year, and then $12.9 million the season after that. And then he'll hit free agency at 26 years old. So what, what White, a super I mean, bargain. If I mean, this is the kind of player you're getting right now. Sure. And, and I think with Kobe White, like the, the main driving force between behind this amazing offensive performance as a scorer is the three point shooting. Like over this month of December, he's shooting 50% on seven catch and shoot threes per game and 55% on three pull-up three-pointers per game. So it's not like he's just catch and shoot, you know, red hot. He's red hot, whether it's off the dribble, off the catch, off of movement, it doesn't matter. And on top of the scoring, he's playmaking. 6.4 assists to only 1.6 turnovers per game throughout the entire month. So it's not just like he's only a scorer either right now. They're putting the ball in his hands, empowering him to make decisions with Zach Levine still absent at the moment. And boy, like sometimes that just opens the door for opportunity. Opportunity is not for Kobe White. And here we are with him looking like at only 23 years old. He's only 23. Like guys take a long time to develop. It's his fifth year. But yeah. man, it looks like this is not the three point shooting is not going to be 50% sustainable, but he's always been a good shooter. So uh, I, I think the the overall development is very encouraging. Some of the other games that we'll get to during the process of going through your article at Seven Observations from the week. So I'm going to save a couple of them. Uh, Oklahoma City, we'll save back. Uh, we'll also, uh, we could save back the Pistons losing their thousandth straight game. But I do want to highlight that. Look, the, the highlight that is going around everywhere from Monday night and will continue to go viral over the course of the next 24 hours. For anybody that has not seen it, the I texted you while it was going on the hardened fourth quarter tonight <laughs> against the Pacers. Like it, it really looked, you know, the Pacers play these all-star games all the time, but this really looked like an all-star game. Just four guys standing out. This was the old Houston. It's four spread out hardened <laughs> one-on-one 
dribbling the ball a thousand times, breaking somebody off, step back jumper after step back jumper. And he goes nuclear, 35 points, nine assists, 12 of 16 from the field, eight of 11 from three. Russell Westbrook is his biggest cheerleader. He's going nutso on the bench. The whole, like, the, you know, the starters are on the bench. He's out there with coffee and Daniel Tice and whoever. They're just four. It's four guys. It doesn't even matter who he's out there with. He's playing one-on-one, and he's winning every time. And he ends up with 21, I think it was, uh, in the fourth. 21 points in the fourth quarter in only five minutes and 51 seconds. <laughs> absolutely nuclear, but... And that's going to be the headline and the Harden, uh, you know, stats and the highlights, which are crazy. The snow angels, the, the yelling snow into the camera. So cool, man. <laughs> so good. Actually showing like some serious emotion. Um, what the underscore here, though, is we talked about last week, like, yo, are the Clippers figuring this thing out? And Kawhi, we highlighted his recent stats over the course of the last couple of weeks and how unbelievable he had been. And the winning has not stopped. This is now eight straight. And at some point, we got to start taking real notice because I know that, you know, they didn't have Miles Turner tonight in Indiana. But, like, like, you don't just go in there and pummel them. And they put 151 up. And you got your starters over there celebrating on the bench for the fourth quarter, just watching Harden play one-on-one against the Pacers. And they are super impressive right now, are the Clippers. And I think that it's a high time we all started perking up about them as a team that has come together faster than maybe we thought. Guys have assimilated into their roles better than we could have imagined. And... You got to give Ty Lue credit. You got to give those players credit, but they're cracking right now, Kevin. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's magnificent to see what they've turned into so quickly right here. We talked about Kawhi last week. It goes without saying that Kawhi Leonard is playing at like a top five level right now, but Harden was a top five level tonight, especially the fourth quarter where he's hitting those crazy step backs and everything like that. But like for him... Earlier, I think it was around Thanksgiving, something like that. I I tweeted out a stat how he was shooting a a career low number of attempts at the rim. It was like twelve percent over his first ten games of the Clippers, like really low. Like he looked sluggish, he looked slow, he didn't have bursts. Since then, it's back up around twenty five percent, which is where he's been the last couple of years with the Sixers and back when he was with the Nets. So it's not quite prime levels getting to the basket but he's at least back to what he was last season. And and how do we talk about Harden before this trade? I kept saying I like top 35 to you. I think, I think I always said top 35 for Harden. He looks like he's back at a top 30, 35 level right now. And sometimes that player can tap into top 10 level like he did tonight. And so for the Clippers, they've, they have a balance. Moving Terrence Mann into the starting lineup provided a lot of balance for them. It, their starting lineup is so, so good with those five out there. George, Kawhi, Harden, Zubats, Mann. And Harden is, you know, back to being at least last season's James Harden. And that, that's uh, that's the guy that they hope to get when they traded for him. 
Well, and it's really interesting because we saw both versions of Harden last year. We saw the one that assimilated into the I'm going to lead the league in assists and I'm going to be the guy that runs the team. And he and then we saw the one that like four out when Embiid was out in the playoffs, four out and I'm just going to go absolutely nuclear scoring and prove to everybody that I could still do this as we saw in the game one that he had last year. Um, that being said, I think it's really interesting what Doc Rivers had to say talking to Bill Simmons that, and these are the things that make Doc a very good guest to have because... Doc's he, been awesome on Bill's it gives, pod. It so gives good. you an insight that you would not normally have and he's also willing to say it which is James he talked about how amazing James was for them and how how great he was the first part of the season and that then he didn't make the all-star team it was like I played this way and then I was not rewarded for and it bothered him a lot and it changed him right it's almost like all right, I'm doing this. Now I'm leading the league as this. And it didn't pay off in, in his mind in terms of getting the rewards that he thought he deserved for playing that kind of way. They had a really good record. He wasn't doing all the scoring. He was leading the league in assists. And it was like he didn't get that recognition. And then things changed a little bit after that. And I thought that was fascinating because now we're kind of back to you know, oscillating between, yes, he can do this when he needs to, but he's been a really good team basketball player for the Clippers, especially recently, and has deferred. Kawhi Leonard was identified as the best player on that team uh, by Tyron Lue, and James Harden has played basketball like Kawhi Leonard is the best player on that team, you know? And that's all you can ask. Same with Westbrook, same with Paul. Like, they all acknowledge, like, all right, like, there's always, all of these teams, there's always a pecking order. There's always a pecking order. There's a for guy sure. that's going to be the guy on a regular basis, and then there's going to be nights for the other guys. It's going to be interesting This the rest of this week. On Wednesday, they have a game against the Mavs on the road. On Thursday, they're on the road against the Thunder. And then Saturday, they have an afternoon matinee here in L.A. against the Celtics. So three tough games coming up. Uh, to continue their win streak currently at eight. Uh, we'll see how they do with these tough matchups. All right, let's get through. Uh, you put out an article, a uh, really good one, by the way, on seven observations on all manner of things going on in the NBA. We're going to go through those one by one and talk through them. All right, so you started with, are the Thunder ready to make the leap? I watched the Thunder tonight. They played the Grizzlies in the last game before the Morant return. They smoked them. Um, First thing that stood out. Six and 19 for Memphis. Yep. That's, they got a big hole to climb out of, but we'll see. They, they got to go pretty much like on a 52, 55 win pace to get to like 42, 43 wins. So what they've won the last two years? <laughs> yeah, but John Morant didn't come back like midway through a year after a suspension. Mm. Did they get their other players back as well or no? I mean, they're not getting Steven Adams back. This year. They get Marcus Smart back. They get Luke Kennard back. They get the rest of the <laughs> roster back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good good luck. 
All right, mark my words. Uh, mark it down right now. Okay. They will go 37 and 20 in the last 57 games. I don't think they're going to go 37 and 20. I'm saying it. No, they're not going to go 37 and 20. I'm saying it. I'm saying it for the record so you can hear it. They will go 37 and 20 the rest of the way. Okay. It's not going to happen. And that will be 43 wins. I don't know where that puts you, but that's what they will do. 37 and 20. So that's like the. the, the, (laughs) They will will play at the rate that they have with John Moran. So that's a win rate of uh, 64.9% of your games. That's a win rate of 53. So they're going to play at a 53-win pace midway through the year with John Morant coming back from a midway, suspension. It's not midway. It's 25 <laughs> games into the season. Midway is is What is midway? midway? <laughs> Mid, midway is during the season. No, it's a quarter of the way into the season. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that means there's three quarters of a season no. left. Towards the middle. <laughs> That's what oh midway is. Toward no. the middle. Okay. We're toward the middle of the year. We're almost into January. We're toward the middle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. right. I said so 37 and 20. Okay, I said oh, they're not, not going to win 37. All right, how many? Call it. Well, let's go. It's, with easy, to, it's easy to 30, say. 31. 31. Okay, 31. So they are going to, in the last... Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, no, hold on. I want to get you on record. This is going to sure. be great. great. I'm going to love this. <laughs> All right. So they end with 37 wins. Yeah. Oh, there were six games difference. Yeah, but that's a dramatic difference between oh, being in the plan and All not. Right. Okay. Well, they have a six point point differential right now, right? That's a that's a 45 win rate that I'm giving them, which might be generous gen- generous compared to a 55-win rate. Okay. In, the, in the loaded Western Conference, you talk about last season and all that. The West is better. There's stiffer competition. There's more is teams there? competing. I think so, yeah. Especially for Memphis. Is there? When the yeah. top three teams are Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Dallas? Yeah, yeah. you saw what OKC did to them tonight. Tell me about what OKC did. They did it to Jacob Gilliard, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And Jaron Jackson, how'd he do? He's not an NBA player. How, how'd Bain do? They're not NBA players. The ones that are playing or not. If you're gonna put uh, look, John Moran will be back in the lineup tomorrow night. Sandy Aldama did not hey, save you. Hey, we'll we'll talk in a week, right? We'll talk in a week. Marcus Smart is not saving you. We'll talk in a week, right? Because they okay. got they got all right. So they you've gotten all your jokes in. The reckoning comes tomorrow, Kevin. It starts tomorrow. They're, they've got a six-point differential. Now, what do you think having one of the best 10 players in the NBA could do to that? John, top 10 player in the NBA? What planet are you on? on? You live in Memphis. What, what state do you live in, Chris? You live in what Memphis. What planet Tennessee. are you on? Of course he's a top 10 player to you. He's not a top 10 player to anybody else in the other what? 49 states or countries. He would have been first team all NBA last year if he didn't get the suspension. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't make him top 10. Top 10. It, that's first team all NBA. That makes you top five, <laughs> you dumbass. He needs. He need what planet are you on? Dude, I, I, I think a player who's coming back from a 25-game suspension, a long absence, has a lot to prove. And, and it's unfair to expect him to even be close to what he was last season right off the bat, which is part of the reason why I've said why? to you. Why? He's not all, injured. 
Yeah, but it's still not always seamless for anybody coming back. That's why all year I've been saying to you, they're going to be like five or six or seven wins at best when he comes back. And when he does come back, he needs to have an adjustment period. The team needs to have an adjustment period. There's no guarantee the team suddenly is on a 53-win pace like you think. It might be at first. They might get better over the course of the year. I just think it's unfair to expect it from Ja right away that he's suddenly going to be top 10. Like, I think that's crazy talk that he's immediately going to be there. And if he is, kudos to him for staying game ready, immediately being able to adjust. I just, I think that's a bit much for expectations. I mean, he has been practicing with the team the entire time. He is, sure. uh, he's not injured. He's not coming I, back I from anything. That, that's when has he played and though. not been awesome? When? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see that we will see. He's got some games against some weaker defenses coming up before the schedule gets tougher. So, there's a little bit of an adjustment period here. They got New Orleans, Indiana, Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Clippers, Sacramento through through the rest of this current year. That sounds like a brutal schedule. Well, I mean, I'm saying some weaker defenses than an, as an Indiana and Atlanta. Oh. Okay. And Sacramento's well, not a great in. defense either. Yeah. Well, the other three right? teams. But, that you- yeah. Chris, you know why it sounds like a brutal schedule? Because the West is freaking tough. Who? So what you just said earlier, who is it tougher? And then I just listed New Orleans and Denver and LA Clippers and Pelicans. And you're like, Ooh, shaking in my boots. That sounds tough. Cause it is tough. Look, it's very tough. We will see when this all plays out over the course of a season. The only teams who aren't tough in the West are the Blazers and the Spurs and the Grizzlies. That's it. And the Grizzlies might suddenly become one of the 13 teams that is tougher because there's a lot of tough teams in the West. We're both on record. Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Cash in on balling out this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of ways to bet, including quick bets, live same-game parlays, the parlay hub, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and turn dimes into dollars this season. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. You wrote about Oklahoma City. That's how we started this. Chet is awesome. Yeah, he like, is, huh? Absolutely awesome. He now has 15 blocks in the last two games. 15. He had 17, 6, and 7. Tonight, obviously, like none of them had to play the fourth quarter. They just destroyed Memphis. And so uh, Gilgis Alexander had a massive game. But Chet is the one that really stands out to me because he's one of the guys that you highlighted in your article as, you know, kind of figuring out where are they in their in, in, in their process and is this cash in time because they've got this opportunity that, yes, while they're a young team, they also could improve this team now with the assets that they have and become something even greater than what they currently exist as. And Holmgren 
being so good, so fast, and so defensively reliable has been something that has changed them a great deal. Like, they were a 500 or a little below team last year. Now they stand with the second-best record in the Western Conference. And I think, you know, you you, you wrote 15 first-round picks, 22 second-round picks. Holy mother. I know. Crazy, I mean, huh? <laughs> 15 first-round picks. Good night. And then they've got some assets as well uh, that they could move. And so what do you think? Do you think that this is a pull the trigger, add to this one? Or would you kind of stay on the timeline of, you know, yes, this team will become a playoff team. Yes, it will take its lumps, right? Every team catches some playoff scars before they reach their eventual destiny. And so is it better to go and try to bolster this now and do it this season? Or do you think that you should just be patient with it because you're already so good so fast? I think you should be reactive if you're Sam Presti with all those picks you're sitting on. Because on one hand, you talk about the timeline. What is the timeline? The timeline right now is a team that has one of the best offensive forces in the league in Shea Gildas-Alexander, who is a legitimate top five you know, MVP candidate at the moment, an all-NBA guy for another season in a row. And then you have Chet Holmgren, who is one of the league's best defensive players in the league. He already is as a rookie. He already is at that level. You, you also have one of the team's best depth charts. You have Jalen Williams at the top of that. He can score 20-plus points any night. He can distribute. You have shooters like Isaiah Joe. You have lockdown defenders like Lou Dort. You have so many different types of players in that team who play basketball at a high level, all coached by one of the best in the league and Mark Dagnall. So you have the formula for a very good playoff team. You're just young. So that's where the timeline is in terms of age. However, I don't think many young teams are usually this good this soon with a player leading them so great in SGA on offense and Holmgren on defense. So if the right deal or deals become available for Presti to pull the trigger, I think he should be aggressive in pursuing them. And in my article on the ringer, the two players that I highlighted would kind of uh, address the two things that I think that they can improve on. The Thunder don't really need anything at all. They have they check all the boxes of what you need. It's just a matter of readiness and the skill level being developed. I think what they need is an upgrade over their backup center, Jalen Williams. We saw what they did the other night against Jokic with Williams defending Jokic part of the night, Holmgren helping off ball. They had two bigs swarming at, at Jokic, helping on Gordon driving to the basket, blocking his shots. Holmgren was unbelievable in that game. If you can upgrade from Williams, who's only six foot nine, to say like a a Wendell Carter from Orlando who's been out. The Magic have been very, very good without him. Maybe if you can go a little bit over the top with an offer that the Magic can't refuse, you upgrade there with a better center, a better defender, one of the league's better Jokic defenders, a three-point shooter too, a playmaking hub. And then I think you could also upgrade from Josh Giddy. Giddy, he's a very good playmaker. He has feel for the game, but that's redundant with everything else you have on that roster with SGA, with the other Jalen Williams, J-Dub, Chet Holmgren too. So if you can replace Giddy with a guy who doesn't need touches to produce, like a Lowry Markinen-esque player who Jake Fisher said in a Yahoo article, the, the Jazz are indicating that he's they're at least listening 
That seems to be the case there. I've heard that if they were to make a deal, they'd want something comparable to what they got from Mitchell and Gobert. If you went over the top and if you dealt two firsts for Carter and five firsts or four firsts or three firsts and Giddy, whatever the deal is to get Jazz, to get him from the Jazz, suddenly your team's top eight is maybe just as great as anybody's in the league. And it fills fills your needs, it, it further enhances your roster, and it keeps you young too. So you're able to compete even harder now for a championship, but still maintain that flexibility moving forward uh, into the future with the guys that you decide you want to keep. So I think they should be aggressive. If the right guys become available, it's only a matter of if they do. Okay. First thing is, there's 0% chance if I'm Orlando, I'd move Carter. No way. Even though they've played very well without him? I don't care. Bancaro's I mean, been awesome. Like I know, but I'm trying to be even better. I I agree, and I would not I'm deal trying, him I'm either. Trying to be even better. Like I, what, I, what I wouldn't. They, yeah, they've been good, but like we're not talking about like their their ceiling becomes better. They've done the pick thing forever. But but Chris, like they've they've really excelled without him. And, and is he an untouchable? No. He's not an untouchable player. You're willing to trade Wendell Carter if a team makes an offer that's strong enough. Not I love picks. Wendell Carter. I've loved Wendell Carter since pre-draft. I really love the player he's become, but he's not untouchable. Yeah, but the, but I'm trying to make the playoffs and be able to make a dent. And but I then need- you can flip those picks to get that player who fits you at a really, really, you know, in a great way. I think they'd be even better if Carter was playing. I don't think that they're winning because he's out. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not saying that they're winning because he's out at all. I'm saying that they're playing extremely well without him. Yeah. And and I, I all I'm saying is that there's possibly ways to flip that asset to a team that's that has enough picks to overpay a little bit, giving you even more draft capital in order to get a guy who propels you further. That That's my logic from the Orlando side of things. Do I want to trade Carter? No, I want to see him play with Bancaro and Wagner and all those guys. No, I want to see him with them. But there is a price I'd be willing to take a deal. And then on the marketing thing, that's a ridiculous ask. I know that that's Danny Ainge, and I know that you know, you're reporting just what you've heard, but come on. Yeah, it's Lori just like Mar- the impression Lori- from people around yeah. the league. Yeah, I know. Five, Five-ish. Four, that's crazy. Five-ish. Five-ish. Who do, you, who, do, who do you think he is? OG Ananobi? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, like, uh, There's a bunch of those Utah guys, you know, and we've texted about this on the side. I'd love, I, like, Colin Sexton has been on losing teams his whole career. I would love to see him with a winner and think he could contribute to a winner. Uh, there's reports that Jordan Clarkson is also available. Uh, that's another guy that's out there. Like they get they they weirdly have like whether it's Clarkson, Olenek, Sexton, Markinen, like they got a bunch of guys that I think could help winning teams. <laughs> no doubt right? about it. Like no really doubt about like, it. like you got a bunch of guys that would be rotation players on good teams. Yeah. And so look if you're going into this rebuild, I do think the like whatever the final haul will be, and it started with Mitchell and uh, Gobert, and and then it went to Conley, and now it will extend even further. But th- th- you would think that this will be the sell-off year for those Utah guys, and that those guys, you know, 
that there will be an asking price for them, but I actually think that they've done a reasonable job of building up the value of those guys. And I do think that, I think those guys are assets. The, you know, the, 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 the good part for them is that you can get stuff back for those guys. I think they can all, whether you package them together or move them separately uh, in some cases, that you're going to be able to get assets back for them and help with your rebuild. Uh, anyways, the marketing thing seems a little high for me. But if you're OKC, though, you have all of these picks. You, right. you have so no, many you. picks. 15 I'm future first. I'm you could deal five of those and still have 10. <laughs> but the question is, is marketing is marketing the guy that you want to cash those in for? Because everything I just said about how you want to, what he would offer for value, a guy who doesn't need touches. He'd be three-point shooter coming off a movement, dribble handoffs, cutting to the basket, all that stuff within their motion, two-man game with SGA and Jalen Williams, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can play big jumbo lineups with, with him and Chet, and maybe if you did get a Carter or even with the existing Jalen Williams, you could play so many, many flexible lineups. But is he the guy that you'd want to give up all those picks for? That's where I, I have my hesitations with the Lowry side of it. Wendell Carter, I'd be going after Wendell Carter. I think Carter's perfect for what their needs are. Um, but Lowry, Lowry, I'm a little split on. Yeah, they're going to have to be able to rebound better when it comes to playoff time. That's where they'll oh, get punished. Sure. That's where they'll get punished. I mean, the rebounding numbers are bad. They're, they're so good at so many things. Good offense, good defense. I'm just saying, when it becomes a more slow-down game in the playoffs and you're facing some of these teams that have real, real size, that's where they're going to... They need some more muscle. They need some more muscle. Like, some way, somehow. And, market, oh, yeah. and all I'm saying yep. is marketing doesn't fit that bill. He does make them yeah. better. There's no way around that. And he would make anybody better. Yeah. But in terms of what I'm looking for, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find some muscle. You know, and like you were saying, the Jalen Williams thing, the other Jalen Williams, right? Imp upgrade that. Somebody next to Chet, because that bit makes Chet even more devastating if he could do the float around thing even more. Is there a fit that you really, really love for marketing? We're like, that team um, should go for him. Besides Utah just keeping him, obviously. Um, you know, I thought when you threw out the heat, I thought that was an interesting one. Yeah, I like that one too. You know, yeah. kind of playing in between Bam and Bam and Jimmy. I know. Because think about like how good Kevin Love has been, even I know, his, right? his, his diminished state. Imagine Lowry marketing in the Kevin Love role. That's kind of like, crazy. It's, like, it's, it's seriously like Kevin Love 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Minus, right? the post, minus the post-ups. Yeah, minus <laughs> the post-ups. Maybe, right. maybe like end of Minnesota, beginning of Cleveland, Kevin Love, that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's like a crazy good fit with him and Bam in the front court with – like Hame Hawkes, the size you could have in the front court with Butler, and I don't know, man. Like that—that's a—that's a really, really intriguing fit for Miami. If they took the picks that they were gonna give for Dame, mm. and got marketing, or even not as many picks, because I mean, we'll see what the price ends up being. Mm, Miami's interesting. Also, he's even—you know—he gets treated nightly like the best player on the Jazz. Oh yeah. What? If, what if he's the ancillary part? I mean, oh my god. That could be tough. You could run two game, two man game stuff between him and Bam. 
for like sure. E- either of those guys could run pick and roll with the other screening. I, I, like that would be really fun if, if he went to Miami. All right. Next one that you wrote about on the Ringer article, which people can read all the words if they want to, uh, was about Laurie. And we, so we already touched on that. The next one was about the Cavs and whether their injuries would lead to a reset. So you and I talked last week and I said, hey, I really like this offer sheet thing that's on the Ringer. I perked up when there was the case made for moving Donovan Mitchell that you know, before it gets time for I want out of here, before it gets time for here are my desired destinations, <laughs> you know, why don't you go ahead and get the maximum amount of value? Because we see these things drag on and then we see demands getting made and we see reports out there and then it becomes harder and you lose more leverage. Whereas mm-hmm. now under uh, under wraps, you would have maximum leverage right now if you're moving him uh, before it becomes a media circus. And, and that's if you don't think he's going to be there long term. But one of the uh, the case that I made was, all right, look, he doesn't fit the timeline. You've got Garland, young, awesome. You've got Mobley, young, hopefully becomes even a better version of himself. Um, you figure out what you're doing with Allen. You figure out what you're doing with Mitchell. Obviously, the Struess thing has been fine as a free agent. Um, And that, yeah, I actually think that you don't have to get way worse. You you could really, you could get players and picks as return that actually might make you better because they need more good players. That's what they need the most. (laughs) And they ended up winning their game in overtime tonight against Houston. Uh, 37 for Mitchell. Crazy yeah. shots. Yeah, and he was great. But you wrote about how they've got this broken jaw with Garland. They've got this knee surgery with Mobley. And so is now maybe the time that, you know, even, even if you weren't necessarily considering that, that now you really do because this season, which has already been a roughly 500 basketball season that doesn't appear to be they have a give you very little reason to believe that they compete on the highest level when it comes to the Eastern Conference playoffs. That maybe, maybe now is when you you know you could strike and 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 just go ahead and so it, it's not a full reset. It's just a soft reset, right? Sure. I mean, I think that would be the the philosophy behind it, where you're, as I wrote in the article, you're kind of recalibrating your timeline to adjust with Mobley and Garland being still in their young 20s. Like you get Mitchell hoping to accelerate things, but Mobley hasn't quite come along yet, which is the big reason for, I think, them even being in this situation. Mobley is still a stellar defensive player, but offensively, he hasn't hit yet. And and I think that there's two ways to look at that. A, well, you recalibrate and, and you try to time it for when Mobley is ready to pop offensively. But B... You could also look at what you see now from him and say, well, maybe it's time to readjust what our expectations are for him as a player because this season, 19 mid-range jumpers attempted. He's made only 37% of them. He's attempted only 10 three-point shots, maybe only two of them. So he has not developed a perimeter game on offense, but he's also not developed the ability to create shots for himself. He's 8 of 8 of 28 
on post-ups and isolations combined. He's 34% on shots in the paint outside of the restricted area, which is a lot of, you know, floaters out of rolls to the rim, turnaround jumpers off a switch screen, little in-between shots like that, leaning layups and whatnot. He hasn't developed touch outside of the restricted area in his entire career. And that's a severe limitation when you're pairing him with Jaron Allen. But you need to pair Evan Mobley with a bigger guy like Allen, a guy who's going to handle those matchups because Mobley's lean. He's more of that roamer on defense. So I think with Mobley, the question needs to at least be asked for Cleveland, where are we with Evan Mobley? Or is he the guy that we believe in as the future face of our franchise? And does that mean it's better for us to trade Donovan Mitchell? Or does it mean it's actually better uh, for us to potentially look in a different direction to uh, to readjust this roster? Because the mix right now is not going to ever win a championship. It's just not. It's not. I would build out around Garland and Mobley. And, you know, we've talked about some of those teams that maybe a desire to possibly go back to the Northeast where he's from. And... Brooklyn would seem like a very good pairing, right? And then you've you, got you Brooklyn, and they've got picks for him, and, and, and they've got Bridges and Mitchell. And not only can you get picks, you could also get some of those wing guys, right? That are assets. It, they, they got like, good players, right? So if you go and you grab uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and you grab like some of those guys from that team, you know, you you throw a package together that's got picks and. Just good basketball players and get a bunch of them, right? I, I want Dory Finney Smith and Cam Thomas and, you know what I mean? Throw together four or five of those, you know, three or three of those guys and then a package of picks. And now all of a sudden, I've gotten some picks, which can I can use as an asset to either exercise the picks or I can use those and flip those for what I want. And I've added three or four more good players to my roster. In the meantime, you want to find one of those teams that they don't have the star power, but they do have at least enough good basketball players. Because I would look at it and I think Garland's going to be a star. I do. The, and the Mobley thing, I, you know, we, we give up on young guys or criticize not, not young guys saying so give much. Up. I know. I, it's just, I know, it's just an assessment of where he is today. I, I know. I, I think he'll be a radically different player at 25. And I still think he's awesome. You know. So but wouldn't, I would you, like, but, but wouldn't you like to see some more progress at this I point? I would. I yeah. would. But I'd, I'd build out around Garland and Mobley. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's year That's three. It's year three and the three-pointer has not gotten any better. The mid-ranger is not getting any better. And the weirdest thing about him is it looks good when he shoots it. He, just he doesn't might not have, have some kind of he doesn't have some kind of like disgusting motion or something. I like know. it's not it like it looks pretty smooth. And and that's where it I worry. Seems, like, is is it just some is it just something in the hands where he just doesn't have the touch? He's yeah, not he's a 68% career free throw shooter as well. He's always been yeah. a low, below average free throw shooter. Maybe he just doesn't have the touch in his fingers like a, like some of the gifted shooters do. Maybe he shoots with the wrong hand, Kev. <laughs> Maybe they'll trade uh, Mitchell for a guy who does. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. 
Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Your next part of your column was about Luca. And with that, we're going to tell you this next segment is being brought to you by Google Pixel, the only phone engineered by Google and the official fan phone of the NBA and WNBA. With all-star features, Pixel 8 Pro has all the fun tools fans can actually rally around, like Audio Magic Eraser. It lets you cut out the background noise so you can capture the sound of every swish, dish, and slam loud and clear. So with that, we've got to talk about somebody who's built different. Luka Doncic, that is who you talked about in your article. He is certainly built different. The thing that stood out to me the most was this stat that you had found, uh, this note about his unassisted baskets in the restricted area and where it compared to players that I honestly would have thought had a much higher (laughs) rate of scoring. And Luka would not even have been close to what I would have told you for Giannis or Embiid or maybe even Gilgis Alexander, I think, who's leading like in points in the paint. But you had this unassisted shot to the restricted area and the and the Luca stat associated with it, which blew my mind. Yeah, Luca is shooting 82% <laughs> in the restricted area, in the half court, unassisted. So shots he's created at the rim on his own against the set defense. That is number one in the NBA of the players that have taken the 100 most shots. It's higher than Giannis, higher than LeBron, higher than absolutely anybody you can name in the league because it's number one. I'd be willing to bet it's one of the greatest marks of all time. Uh, Definitely in in recent years, it's definitely close to the top. It's crazy that Luka, uh, it's six foot eight, six foot nine, not not like a – an elite vertical athlete, but he has elite footwork and feel and strength and quickness and, and tight spaces. His and his touch near the rim just makes him really built different in the paint with his scoring ability. Yeah, he has 16 35 rebound, five assist games. So 30 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's averaging 33, eight, and nine. Um He's been absolutely unbelievable. And in fact, tonight, I don't know if he ended with those stats. He was close to those stats a little <laughs> bit earlier and hung with the Nuggets about as long as they could. He had 38, 11, and 8. God. And, and, and then they're they going to lose by like 30. Maybe maybe 40. Yeah. It's closer to 40 at this point, I think. I mean, they just got, you know, he hung with them for a long time that I told you at the beginning of this pod. <laughs> he's kind of going crazy and he's there by himself. Well, they finally just blew the doors off uh, in Denver. And so, yeah, they're going to run away with that victory. Uh, but Luca again, with these freaky stats. For fans who want an experience that's truly built different, you got to go get the new Pixel 8 or the Pixel 8 Pro. Learn more 
about the official fan phone of the NBA at googlestore.com forward slash pixel NBA. Audio magic eraser requires Google Photos app. May not work with all audio elements. Chris, I'm going to have to watch that Nuggets Mavericks game after we record or sometime tomorrow because I'm fascinated by the fact that they've smoked the Mavericks with Jokic has eight points on eight shots, nine rebounds, seven assists. It was a pedestrian stat line for Jokic, Murray with 22, Gordon with 21. But then you got Zeke Najee with 14, Strother with 12, Reggie Jackson with 18. I didn't watch any of this game we've been recording. Um, right. I was watching other ones earlier when that game was just beginning, but that's a like Michael Porter only eight points as well. Weird, weird scores, uh, box score for the Denver side of things there. So I look forward to seeing what exactly transpired in that game. Yeah. And for anybody that was tuned in, maybe it's just, maybe they were just, uh, maybe they were just so distracted by the fact that all these, there's the numbers on the court, there's numbers on the jersey. This whole 5280 thing that they've got going in Denver, I guess it's just a reference to the yeah, altitude, I mean, yeah. right? 5280, but they've got it like instead of Denver or Nuggets, they just say 5280 on their jerseys, and then they got 5280 at like half court and whatever. It's just all so strange, but maybe they're thrown off by it. I don't know. Or maybe they just don't have enough players. The lively thing hurts them too, Yeah, you know? And I, I read today that he was, at least he's off crutches and they say he's like in a boot. So hopefully he's been so good better. this year, man. Right. Hopefully but he yeah, comes yeah. back soon. No, they hit on that pick, I think, mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. Um, all right. Next one that you talked about was Anthony Davis and back to the basket, Anthony Davis or post up Anthony Davis. This is like a throwback to, uh, some of the good Pelicans numbers, in fact, that you uh, that you found. Yeah, this he's posting a career high from the post up post right now, scoring one point two points per post up. That's his career high, and I think for AD doing this right now is a trend worth watching. We're midway <laughs> through the season. <laughs> it's still early. What a liberal use of midway. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Remember when Darvin Ham said he was going to take eight threes a game? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, but, you know, it's a trend worth monitoring. Does AD maintain this elite level of efficiency or does he kind of head back to his career averages at some point? AD will bully you if you're small. If you don't have a big guy or you don't have a tough guy, he turns into a different guy. Hmm. And I think that there's a lot of the league that doesn't have somebody that can deal with his size and strength. He's become that type of player because he was even, he was much more slender back in the day. You know, you even go look at some of those old new Orleans photos. I mean, this looks like a full grown ass man compared to that kid that was playing in new Orleans. Yeah. Um, and so he's got kind of some of, some of the old man stuff going, you know, just mature game, strong. And he like, you see he gets sometimes this level of intensity, this level of confidence where he was the guy getting tomato chested, and now he does the tomato chesting. He plays a lot stronger than he used to. Um, he's the bully more so than the guy that gets bullied, and I think that's part of, you know, part of getting older, and he's got, you know, 
He's a veteran in the game now. Um, the next one, Boyan. If I ever wondered if an NBA player reads Ringer articles, <laughs> maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you literally just altered Kate Cunningham's career because you write this thing about, ah, I don't know about Kate Cunningham. Maybe Kate Cunningham, <laughs> like, you know, can we at least see something with <laughs> Kate? Then, I then mean, he drops 43. <laughs> career <laughs> high. Did we see something? Yeah, we saw something tonight. Okay. But what, but what right. I wrote in the article was. <laughs> <laughs> can we just see something with Kate Cunningham? And literally tonight, he's yeah. 43. <laughs> yeah, I wrote. I wrote, Kane has only four games shooting over 50% from the field this season. That is now five games. Uh, he hasn't shown he can drain threes off the catch or off the dribble. He's also one of the league's least efficient high-volume players. Improving this team's spacing would help, yada, yada. But he's also going to show that he can do this in tough circumstances. I raised the question within the article, and I asked you this question here, Chris. Yes, he is not performing up to the level that you hope for as a Pistons fan because of bad circumstances with a lack of spacing and all that. But I asked the question in the article, well, if he's doing this now in the regular season, what happens during the playoffs, even if he has a great supporting cast when the defense is fully prepared and they are helping off the weakest shooter and they are clogging the paint? Can he be an effective shooter? I think... Tonight, he provided an answer of what I'm looking for, and that's the dude is splashing mid-range jumpers off the dribble. He's banging threes. He's he's showing that he can produce at a high level, even if he doesn't have open driving lanes to get to the rim, which is where he's best. So I think he showed the formula tonight. Let's just see it more consistently. So today is promising, at least. Well, and also, so uh, you got to remember, Kevin, so many of the best guards in the league now were guys that had that question. Gildas Alexander had that question. Fox. Yeah, SGA and Fox, which might be two. You're right. Those are two of the best in the league right now. Both of those had that question. And you know what was different besides the fact, of course, they're playing Atlanta, who is ridiculous defensively. All right, let's set that aside. Ridiculous in a a crappy way, you mean. Did did somebody, like... uh, is, did somebody uh, lock Monty Williams in his hotel room or something? Because uh, I have been a Cade apologist because I think he this has literally been the most disgusting, worst situation I can remember. Maybe since I've been covering the NBA. You're never going to believe this. He played his five best players as a starting lineup tonight. That's why I wondered, did the guy get locked in his hotel room? Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Asur Thompson, Bogdanovich, and Marvin Bagley. And they ran it out there. Unbelievable. You're just throwing Marvin Bagley in there, but that's okay. Go look at his offensive rating this year. He's one of their better players. They Their team sucks. Offensive rating is an individual stat, but, no, uh, but that team stat, is not, not an individual. But that's Okay, uh, do you think Marvin Bagley, all right, uh, Duran wasn't and Dur- available. Duran's not available, yep. He's not available. Do you think he's better? Ne- in, like, <laughs> neither, neither is Killian. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now I know why they played well. <laughs> I mean, the guy was doing literally everything uh, uh, to, no, to not. Amazing land on and the 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 most egregious has been the lack of Cunningham and Ivy um Cunningham Ivy and Asur like this is all like again swap Bagley out and you've got Duran in there that is a 
fun young lineup. Cade, Ivy, Asur, Bogdanovich is the veteran guy that spaces it out, and Duran, and then just let them take their lumps, let them roll, and let them develop. And then, you know, you got some vets that come off the bench. Alec Burks, Bagley. You want to get Sasser some minutes. Um, whoever. Kevin Knox. If you want when, to do they, when do there. they win again? They, they have Utah and then Brooklyn twice. Do they win one of these next three games, you think? Yes. You think so? Yeah. Oh. Boy, I mean, they, they better. They better I'm, win one of these. I mean, on this road trip, they came close a couple of times. I know. I mean, obviously not the Milwaukee game, but they, well, they, actually, they gotta, no, I take it back. They have not come close. I'm sorry. I apologize. They haven't come close. This was the close one. Oh, their closest was like nine or something like that. <laughs> uh, eight to the Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have a, that's close by their standards. And that was a week ago. Yeah. But yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they got to win one of these three. They got to Utah. They might be able to get Utah. Yeah, maybe. Right. It'll it'll be a back to back for Utah. They have Cleveland on the road on Wednesday night. So that's that's the game. Wednesday night against Utah, but then Brooklyn also has a back to back Friday, Saturday. They have Denver at home on Friday and Saturday Detroit at home. So mm-hmm. one one of the, one of those two games. You're facing a team on the second night of a back to back. If you don't win one of those two, yeah. oh man. It's 24 losses in a row right now. Bam. And they're Man. not even like, they're not like trying to lose. It's no. not like they're just playing all their, I mean, well, I don't know. They, they stink. Oh, they stink. Nobody, nobody's trying to lose that much. <laughs> like you might be trying to lose like you're, you're experimenting and you're willing to throw out some younger guys and all that, but nobody's trying to be, Two and twenty-five bad. I will say this on Cade's behalf: it's his second season, truly, because he didn't. You know what? He played twelve last year. The guys played roughly a hundred yeah. games. Oh, exactly. He's only played a hundred NBA games, and he's averaged over twenty points in them. Yeah, I, mean, I put that. I put that first sentence in my article. He's played nah, like you shit games. on him. You shit yeah. on him. Oh, Let's him. see something. And then the guy went out and scored 40 something. Yeah, in because your face, why, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, in your why would face. you not want to see something? It's completely it, fair. Well, he showed you something. Now you it's can totally shut up. Fair. He's Kate yeah. Cunningham, the GOAT. Um, yeah, he, uh, the GOAT. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's played 100 games and he's fun. He's just a kid still. I feel bad for him, like legitimately bad. We talk about situation and fit. Like I said, he, de- he deserves some blame too, though. You can feel bad, but also like he needs to have more nights like tonight. This is a f- well, the first get one. Well, get Killian Hayes' poison ass away from him. All right. <laughs> Soon as Killian didn't play, look what happened. I hope this. I hope, I hope, I hope like a, a good young team trades for Killian. That's like they hope. did Frank Nilakina. Yeah, give him a chance. Where's he? They can go play together. That'd be a hell of a backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frankie smokes. They, they'll probably they probably get second in the French league. Um, all right, <laughs> last one. The Suns. You, you dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> last one. The Suns. This is going poorly, Kevin. Yeah, it is. 
This is going poorly. Brad Beal comes back. Brad Beal goes out. I mean, and here's the deal. This is the way I look at it. Like, even if he came back in, like, two weeks or whatever they're saying, you know he'll be out longer than that. But even if he did, even if they played all the games and they had them all healthy, that's less than 50 games they'd have together to be ready to be like a team that's, you know, trying to win a title. And you kind of talked about how there ain't really much to do here because they don't really have the assets and they don't have the players to go and improve. Like, it's kind of, you got what you got with that roster right now. And you need it all to be healthy. And even if it all, even if Beal comes back, what are the chances that Booker and Durant don't miss any time the rest of the way? And it's like, we're going to look up and they're going to have a seriously low amount of minutes playing together. And, you know, that that's the one thing I will say about the Clipper thing, that that coming together, they played a lot of minutes together. Like, they, those guys have all, they hadn't been load managing, and they've been able to play in games together. And it's like, we're, we're, we're like less than 100 minutes on this stuff with these three guys on the court together. And 24. 24. Oh, my God. That's the total? The half of basketball. Holy mackerel. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And, and I, I think for Phoenix, like, like you said, what are your ways to get better? You got yeah. you got five future second round draft picks and no young players that are of significant value on your roster. So, I mean, like you you got what you got unless yeah. there's there's buyout guys coming at some point. But even those guys aren't necessarily ever saviors. So, I mean, you got what you got. Uh, I look forward to seeing how they look with Beal out there too because they look really good with Booker. They look really good with Booker and KD. Um, but they need that third guy. Man, and just throwing this stuff together, you know, the new owner thing and throwing guys together, it's like, boy, the results have been bad. That's why when you were talking about even earlier about the whole, like, just, you know, move off all, you know, like, trade a bunch of picks. It's like, man, doesn't feel like the team that's unloaded a bunch of picks and has hurt their future because what happens is these owners just get so excited about it. They dump the money in and then it doesn't work out. And then they look up and now it's like, okay, we're doing a reset, but we've got no friggin' picks for the reset. So it has to work out. And look, we're not burying this, but man, this is a nightmare start for this. Nightmare. At best, you're going to get what? 30, 40 games playing together? That's not a lot. You're just not in enough situations together. You're not in enough scenarios together. You're not, I mean, especially when you've got a bunch of teams that have a lot, a lot of experience as units together. Look up and down that Western Conference. There's a bunch of those teams that have got a lot of minutes, regular season minutes, and playoff minutes together. Well, I mean, the Nets with KD, Kyrie, and Harden didn't play a lot together either, and then they were they were right there with the Bucks. Yep. They had a shot. So Phoenix yep. has enough firepower that they can feel like they can compete in a series. But we'll see. I, I'm uh, for them. I'm kind of like in a 
in a moment where I'm putting them, you know, on the shelf, waiting until Beal's back for a full evaluation. But yeah. Beal, but injuries are part of the concern ahead of the season. They're still part of the concern now. This might just be who they are—a team of unfulfilled upside. Couple rapid fire things. Uh, Draymond, we got at least some clarity. Where it's at least three weeks that he's going to be out. It's um, a lot of games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And that's going to be very difficult for the Warriors to hold down the fort while he is gone and not fall back deeply uh, behind a lot of teams. Um, like the, like and, the Grizzlies, and, you know? And unbelievably, Clay's been good recently. He's had his best three games stretching forever. He had like 30 and 24 and 28 and he's knocking down threes. But, man, they are in a bad way without uh without Draymond for uh an extended amount of time. But, now, that's, but, a, that's a long but, time. But like I said to you last week, we saw it against Portland the other night. Pods coming up big, game winning charge taken, multiple big plays down the stretch by him. Trace Jackson Davis getting heavy minutes in that game, really flourishing off the bench for the Warriors. I said it to you last week that there's silver linings here with their young guys getting opportunity. And so it could, it couldn't end up being a blessing in disguise. That's all I've said before. And I, and I think after winning two in a row here, I, I feel that way again with some of the stuff we've seen from their youth. Well, the most important part of your soliloquy was against Portland. Yeah, of course it was against Portland, but it, like regardless of the opponent, they also did it against the Nets too. And yes, it's just the Nets, just the Nets, a 500 team, but the fact is, is that you, your young guys are performing in these moments and in these games. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying is those guys getting opportunity can show to the Warriors that they are either keepers and guys worthy of regular minutes and then you flip others. Or it shows to the 29 other teams, oh, we want this guy on our team. Let's go out and get him. And then the Warriors can then flip that player for something of greater value that helps them in the short term. So I, I just think for the Warriors that there is... There are benefits to this time without Draymond Green that could manifest over the next three or so weeks. Would you like Markin in there? Oh, very much. Yeah, I think. Would you move? Would you? If Danny says, "I want Moody and Kaminga." Oh yeah, not not a doubt. Not even worried about it. Yes, sir. Yes, please. How many first do you want with that too? I'd I'd give up. Oh, for sure. You'd give up. Because, I mean, he well, probably want yeah, Paul to make the contract stuff work, right? So you get Paul, you get Kaminga. Uh, you don't, you, you don't, I, actually, you don't, you wouldn't have to give out Paul. Lowry's only at $17 million. Mm. So you could do it with smaller salaries on, on your team. So, like, Lowry at 17, let's just figure this out real quick. Lowry at 17 million going to the Warriors. Kaminga is at six. Moody is at four. So you need to add a little bit more money than that. Gary Payton, I don't know if you'd be willing to give him up. Kavon Looney, maybe you do end up giving Chris Paul instead, and then you take somebody else back with Larry Market. And maybe it's like Colin Sexton or Olenek. Yeah, somebody like that. And then oh, well, they, they, they're ready to get rid of uh, John Collins, too. Yeah, maybe something. I mean, regardless of the combo, yeah. but something like Chris Paul, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga in picks. For Lowry Marketing plus Sexton or Olenek, 
you know, mm. whoever the play, player is or John Collins. Collins would be a little bit tougher financially, but something like that. That that kind of makes some sense for both sides. And you, fit, and you, and, and you get the, the, those good young players that you were talking about, like they kind of fit a rebuild timeline. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they're all sure. they're all they're all under twenty five. Yeah, and then you give up picks too in the deal if you're if you're and the you Warriors. throw and you throw them with Keontae George and then whoever and yes. Kessler and whoever you draft and hundred uh. percent. Yeah, if it's if it's, I think that'd be a pretty that good might actually deal. that that might actually be a cash in time with your young guys if, if you're Golden State. Like I mean, again, you've got what a couple of Curry Thompson Draymond years. I mean, like. Yeah. This is title or bust right now. Sure, exactly. And I think, you know, Sexton would provide, because Chris Paul is as solid of a playmaker as he always has been and always will be. He's amazing. He's the point god. The scoring has fallen off a cliff. And I think you need more scoring off, off the bench. And scoring, like him and Pods playing together, like if, let's say it were Sexton, that'd be pretty exciting. Sexton mm-hmm. and Pods off the bench together, that'd be pretty cool. And then with Lowry... Space on the floor, doing two man game stuff with Steph. Like I don't know, like that be, that might be the fix that they need. That actually would be something I would be super interested in if I was done leaving. Maybe uh, we just found the trade: two first round draft picks, Kaminga, Moody, Chris Paul for Colin Sexton and Lowry Marketing. Call it in. Who says no? I think Utah says no, and they want more. Yeah, especially if the, if it's five friggin' picks that you're talking about or whatever. But yeah, I don't hate that. I think they'd want more. I don't hate it. All right. It's going to be a fun week. There's a bunch more that's going to be going on throughout this week. Um, thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I'll talk to you later this week. Have a good week. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call one 800 Nine with it in Indiana. Call 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1 877 770 STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1 800 gambler.net in West Virginia. Call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts or call 1 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY in New York.